The following podcast is a production of Mosaic in Whittier, California, a community of faith, hope, and love. For more information about Mosaic gatherings and events, please visit mosaic.org. Um, as I've told you before, the, there's two favorite times for me in a series, when they begin and when they end. And uh, so I'm still living on the afterglow of having started a new talk. Uh, we, we, last week we looked at the idea of faithfulness, and so rather than use maybe a kind of a, an old word that we're familiar with if you're in church culture, it, it's the idea of, of consistency, the idea of being consistent, of doing the right thing over and over again. Now, a couple of things I want to say about that before we move on to the next segment of this talk. No one is defined by just one moment in your life, okay? That's just not how life is. We are defined or developed by the accumulation of all the moments in our lives. Some of us have made decisions and have done things that we're just, you know, embarrassed about. You know, you, you were hooked up, you were in bankruptcy court, you know, you found yourself waking up someplace where you shouldn't have, and, you know, things have happened. You know, you got that tattoo that you realize now, why, why did I get that, you know, of all things? First of all, isn't it almost like a guarantee that if you put someone's name on, you're going to break up with them? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's why I just have her right here for a little <laughs> I have just my ruka. So it's, you know, it's universal. <laughs> I'm, I'm fully illustrated under these clothing. I, I, I'd show you, but it'd be shocking. And um, so at any rate, uh, so there's, there's those things that we do that we, that, that we think, two things that keeps us in a loop from moving on. Here's the two things we think. Here's the two things we think. That was a, spoken like a Hispanic. So they, here are the two things that we end up thinking. I'll get it. I'm not worthy or I'm not able. So when you, when you find yourself in a spot that you're doing the same kind of dumb thing over and over, you hit either I'm not worthy or I'm not able. And part of the benefit of exposing yourself to the scripture and to truth is that you discover that God answers both things. I, I've made you worthy because of my son's sacrifice for paying all your crimes. And second thing, I, I, yeah, I kind of know you're not able either. So this is why my spirit will inhabit your soul and I will energize you from the inside out to be the person that I've dreamt you to be. And so when, when, you, when you're dealing with those moments where you're just stuck, every person, it, when, when I'm convinced of this, when, when, we, when I have conversations with people and they're processing these moments that they just feel like they're stuck, it always goes back to one of those two ideals. Either I'm not worthy or I'm not able. And so last week we talked about faithfulness and, and doing the right thing over and over. And sometimes we have to start, right? Sometimes you go, sometimes you just celebrate the fact that you went five days without losing your temper. Oh, I blew it. I lost my temper. Yeah, but you went five days, you know. Let's go for six, champ. And, uh, you know, uh, and so you, you celebrate the small steps and you keep moving and you keep doing the right thing because it develops the muscle of perseverance. And perseverance is the, is the uh, it's, it's just an essential link to gaining wisdom. Here's the funny thing, though, is that if you don't value the gift of wisdom, the process is going to be un, uh, unattractive to you. If, if, you're the, if you're the kind of person, I mean, I've been this person, if comfort is more important than character, you're not going to enjoy this process at any level. I mean, you, you, you'll circumvent it, you'll short-circuit it, and you'll miscarry the gift of wisdom, and you'll find yourself, as I have found myself, back in the same spot over and over again. When I speak to a person that says, I just, 
keep dating the same kind of creepy person. Like, hmm, there's a need for wisdom here, you know. I keep making that, I keep getting, I'm always broke right before payday. I mean, I'll, I'll gain something and I get ahead and I find myself right back to where I was or whatever it might be. And then we think, boy, if I just had this kind of relationship, my problems would be solved. Nope, you, you'd screw that one up too. Oh, if I just won the lottery, oh, you'd be broken a year. You know what I mean? Because you're, you're that person. So um, I, I want to encourage you to think about if I want to be a different man or woman, if, if the, you know, the, the image and the stature and the measure of Jesus Christ is what I'm headed towards, there's no, way, there's no good news about this. I mean, it's good news, but it's bad news. You will need to go through the ordeal of gaining wisdom, and James talks about it. So I want to take you there first to James chapter 1, verses 2 through 5. How many of you are waiting for the screen to pop up? <laughs> See, see, you don't bring your Bibles, you know? I'm so ashamed of all of you. No, I'm kidding, of course. But especially Lillian. All right, chapter... <laughs> you know, you give an idiot a mic, and that's what you're left with. But chapter 1, verse 2, here's what James says. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Why? Because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. And perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, they should ask of God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to them. Have you ever been that person where you had to ask your parents for, uh, you know, you had to pump them for, for 10 bucks? I mean, you'd rather do anything but ask your folks for money. Like, well, what do you need it for? Where are you going? You know, you know those people where you, you, you need help for something? And they go, <sighs> all right. Or, you know, if, if you have Hispanic parents, oh, it's not this. You know, there's the shock, you know. And, and, and because we've had those experiences where we're dependent on somebody that made us feel foolish about our request for help, that we project that to God. And, and so, James, I think one of the first observations I want to share with you is that James is saying about this about God, that's not him. And he, he gives generously, and he wishes to give that gift to us. But I think at times we, we kind of, you know, we kind of avoid the process of, of that moment. Years ago, when we uh, first moved into Whittier, we, we were renting a little house here in Uptown. And uh, the owners came to us and said, hey, we're selling the home. Uh, you have to be out maybe, you know, next two or three months. And so Lilia dutifully began to, you know, put things together and pack. And, and you know how it is when you're moving, you eat every single thing in the house. You know, we were, we were eating, you know, green peas with old bond, you know, because, you know, we don't want to buy any groceries. I have to pack that, take that, you know, with tang, no water. And so it was, uh, oh, I'm sorry, tang. And so it was, uh, and so we were looking, I mean, we were out at night, out at night, and sometimes we were looking for a home, and we were out at night, and so we were we couldn't and we couldn't find anything. And, and so, the, like the day before we had to move, um, you know, we I, I had tell this guy, look, we've tried. I, I don't know what to tell you. Escrow is closing. I understand that, but we don't have a place to go. And it turns out that the guy said, well, actually, escrow fell through, and you can be there a little bit while longer. And you know, but you know, we had to move eventually, and uh, we were so happy with the place we were at, we just couldn't imagine being happier. And uh, so it didn't look like it was working out. And so, you know, you don't want to panic your children. They're just kids. What are we going to do? You know, and they're just concerned about Legos, right? That's their biggest problem. I, don't, I can't find my Legos. 
the white. That was Lilia. So the point is that uh, the thing is that uh, so I remember saying, oh, you know, God's going to give us a special house, guys. It's it's. Don't panic because we're, we're living out of boxes now. It's okay. God's going to help us find a special house. Then in private, I said, oh, God, please don't disappoint the faith of these small children, you know. I know you'll come through, but they don't know that, you know. And you're, you're, you know, you're dying on the inside, and things worked out very well for us. And, I, and speaking to my middle son, uh, Michael, he's a mixed martial artist guy, you know, and, uh, and he's told me that really almost 90% of winning or giving yourself the, posi- the opportunity to win in, in a fight, any kind of fight, is not quitting when you're getting beat up. You know, when you, he says, you know, it's funny, you, you, you take a blow, Dad, to the face, and you have to be able to not blink or flinch. Because I'm waiting for the flinch, and I'm waiting for some of the blinks so I can hit them again, and again, and again, and again. It's, and it's like I'm energized by their flinches, because I know I found a weak spot. And so when you take a blow, it's to the soft tissue, to your joints. You have to be able to take it without flinching. And you, have, you stand a chance of, uh, you know, out, um, outlasting your opponent. The odd thing is, is that it made a lot of sense to me with this conversation regarding wisdom. Because things happen where you take a blow, things go wrong, you, you know, maybe you're the culprit, maybe you're the victim, but things happen. And, you know, after a while you think, I want to quit. Why should I keep doing the right thing? It doesn't seem to work. In fact, in, this is even a, a business ideal. Um, how many of you know an author named Seth Godin? Nobody? Okay, awesome. So there's a book he wrote regarding the, it's called The Dip. Getting out of those slumps, hanging in there, knowing when to walk away, cut your losses, and knowing when to stay. I just, I, I almost thought about The Gambler, that stupid song. Thank goodness I didn't fall into it. Thank goodness I didn't mention it, right? Because um, I would have been dumb. And I wonder, I think the process of gaining wisdom, the, the, the trap we fall into is this. Wisdom is actually born in the context of trouble and seduction. What I mean is, if something doesn't seem to go well, we're tempted or seduced into thinking that either A, God doesn't care, or he's not able, and so I need to go in there and fix it. I'll give you an example. This is, uh, this is very generic, but this is the one I see often with some people, and it goes right back to relationships. And, and I get this because, I mean, I, I was that person as well. If you're lonely and you're looking for somebody... You sort of, rather than think in terms of, uh, let me go on my journey, let me, let me, instead of looking for the right person, you're looking to become the right person, continuing your journey with Christ, trusting that he knows and cares about your heart, your relationships, knowing that he wired you for relationships, right? And you begin to kind of fudge on some of the things you would look for in a person to invest your heart in. And then how does that work out? Right? And so, I, you know, the silence tells me that some of you know what I'm talking about. But it happens in, it happens in every area of our life. Where, we, we, you know, it's sort of like the space between God responding to the thing that we're concerned about or the relief that we're looking for creates a vacuum that we can't stand, so we try to fill it. And we end up short-circuiting the process. This is why, and many times, a difficult situation becomes just a waste, a wasted opportunity to learn something about ourselves and about God because we've stepped in and short-circuited the process. So it is. We, um, what's the word I want? We end up, you know, going through the same lessons over and over again. And what if, perhaps, the failures that we've experienced, the only difference between a failure and breaking through 
that we just persevered and hung in there and did the right thing even when it didn't feel good anymore. Even when there wasn't anybody maybe to always encourage us and motivate us. We just waited. See, that's the, that's the whole idea about this talk this morning. Last week was the, the weight of small things, but this time it's the waiting game itself. See, we're, you know, like most of you, I, I'm okay with waiting. No, I'm not. I'm lying. I, I, don't, I, I don't even like to wait in line for, I don't like to wait in line for anything. I guess I just think I'm too important. How many of you know what the Koji truck is? The barbecue crane? Right, right. It'll set you free. Is that my friend? Right. <clears throat> I... I I, I know it's delicious. I know it's life-changing. You hear angels sing when you bite into this food. <clears throat> but the, the thing of waiting in line, I just feel like, I, this is America. I, don't, I should not have to wait in line. You know? I'm not in a refugee camp. This is, you know, what's going on here? And I, it bothers me. So I know when I'm going through something that is uncomfortable, it, every fiber in my being cries out for, ah, i fix this. In fact, for some of you who are very capable, you're responsible. You have a high work ethic. You, uh, you, you are the kind of person that people go to to get things done. You're quick with decisions and they're almost always right. This is almost harder for you than anybody else because you want to step in and fix it. I think uh, it, it, if you're that kind of temperament and personality, this is going to be probably maybe your biggest struggle is to not take over and help God out. So... Wisdom is nurtured, it is experienced, it's, it's, the, it, it's birthed out of the context of trouble and seduction. And so James gives us a description of this ordeal, trials and temptations. It, this is not saying it's inconvenient and awkward. These are those moments when emotion begins to take over, where there's a sleep loss, there's un- I mean, you f- are physically reacting to the problem now. It's not just inconvenient. And you begin to even wonder, why am I doing this? And let's be honest. I mean, it's just us, and we're not recording this one anyways. Um, has there been those moments when you're, you, you know better, but you don't want to do better? Every day. Every day. <laughs> uh, listen, I... I've been doing this for years, following Christ, and I, I see that I could become that person again where I know better. I just don't want to do better. Now, the benefit of being a little bit older and, and having done this once or twice is that I recognize all those moments I thought God was almost late. He was right on time. See, th- there's never a, a, a challenge, a problem, a heartache, a setback, a physical condition, a um, you know, a career change and, you know, all those things that happen that, well, you know, let's, let's just list some more. You know, you finally get the notice that you've been laid off, that you've been waiting. You know, you haven't, well, you knew about it, but now it's like finally here. Now the reality of it is here. Or, you know, you have to move and you don't want to. Or something as stupid as what happened to me uh, last week, Wednesday. Um, how many of you have AAA roadside service? Okay, mine were, mine were news in May. And it's like a hundred and something bucks for the premiere. You know, you get a hundred miles and all that. Okay. So six weeks after I renewed it, I'm at Barnes and Nobles to steal, purchase, I'm sorry, a book. I come out with my merchandise, loving life, feeling good about myself that I bought a book. Feeling smarter just carrying it. It was thick. I had it like this so people could tell I was a reader. Open the door, get in the car. 
That's odd. You know. <sighs> Battery. Call the people up. It's 8 o'clock. Uh, they get there, you know, within the half hour. Great, the guy's there. Puts the thing on it, right? Sparks, make sure it's right. <clears throat> Good. I'm almost home. I'm going to be home in a few moments. You try it again, sir? Sure. Nothing. Okay. So he goes, hey, you know what? Let me call the tow truck because they have a bigger battery pack, and this will work out for you. Da, da, da. Okay, awesome. So that guy rolls away. Next guy comes up. It's, not, it's 9.15. I'm not, I'm not losing my patience. You know, there's a, there was a Baja Fresh nearby. I had a book. You know, there's still some light in the dome in the car. I figure, well, you know, if it's not charged, it's not, you know. So I'm okay. There's a Starbucks nearby. You know, it's not bad. So they come out, bigger battery pack, charge it up. He guns his engine. Nothing. I said, you know, I'm going to have to tell you, sir. So okay, well, you know what? Just tell me home. So I get home about 10 o'clock. And uh, so I go out in the morning. I know I need a battery. Call first interstate out here in Whittier. Yeah, we have that battery. You just need to get here. Okay. Call AAA. Second service call. Dragged me over to Whittier Avenue up here. Dropped the car. Put in the battery. They tested everything. Everything is working like it's supposed to. Great. You're golden, sir. Thanks. Have a great day. Get in the car. Close the door. Is there a God? I go back, I was like, hey, you know what, it's not starting. It's, oh, it's not starting. What happened? I don't know. That's why I'm telling you it's not starting. <laughs> Sherlock. So, uh, so you know, they, they went, I mean, they went totally out of their way. For Interstate batteries here in Whittier Avenue, the best service ever, best batteries ever. They're great guys. If you need a battery, anything from little alkali flashlights to car tractor batteries, they have them. You know, a little plug. The guy goes out there, he's under the car, he's jiggling this, he's banging on the starter. He goes, well, I think, you know, how many times did you try to do the starter? I said, oh, two, three hundred times, is that a problem? Well, you might have got it frozen and stuck, so they're banging on it, the screwdriver, and, you know, they, they killed a chicken over it. I mean, they were doing everything they could to get it to go, you know. And I even tried to shame the car into starting. I, I, I'm so disappointed in you, honestly. You should know better. Don't, no, don't even talk to me. Nothing. So I call <laughs> the garage and we go get the cars fixed at over in East Los. I figured I'd get the car fixed and get a taco. Uh, so, uh, so my brother-in-law says, yeah, sure. I've, I totally have time for you. Come on down. I'll get it fixed. Just bring it down here. Bring it down there. Right. Freaking AAA again. <laughs> the third service call in 13 hours. And, and I think there's a lesson here for me. I, I, what, what could it possibly be? I don't know what it is, but I still thought I'd share that story with you, is that things happen that just you don't want. And that's minor, right? I mean, in, in the scheme of things. We, um, we have a situation also with, with um, I think, with our concept of time. Go to Second Peter uh, chapter 3, just a few pages over from where you're at now. Second Peter chapter three. It's um, what I want to say to you about this is that, that 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 a difficulty or an inconvenience is not is not going to be a valid excuse to short circuit this process. I mean, it, just because it seems like time is moving slowly doesn't give us a pass to change this process. And here's what here's what Peter has to say about this. Chapter 2, chapter 3, verses 8 through 9. Hey, do not forget this one thing, dear friends. 
With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years is like a day. And when I was waiting for the toe service, that's what it felt like to me as well. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. He's patient with you. He's not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Now, I'll tell you that in context, I know this is dealing with the second coming of Christ. All right? But there's a principle here that I think it's interesting to remember. Is that it does feel at times that's, that it, it does feel at times that time is not moving quick enough for this problem to end. Like, I'm okay with, um, you know, I'm okay with discomfort as long as it's like that momentary shock thing. You know the one I hate, though? Speaking of, speaking of doctors, because, you, know, you know, after dentists, doctors, optometrists are right down there with my view of things I don't like. The one where they blow in the air in your eye, keep your eye open, and you, you, it's already tearing up and watering. <laughs> keep your eye open. Keep your eye open. Oh, I didn't get it. <sighs> Aren't you a paid professional? And then, okay, and then so they do the one, oh, I got to do the other one. And you, you, then you know what's coming. And it's just a little puff of air, right? But, yeah, that's maybe funny and all, but you know those moments when it's no longer funny? It just seems like every, your whole world is colored in gray. The color is desaturated. Uh, things that used to give you pleasure and energize you are, are boring. And you, you're just wondering, am I ever going to be happy again? Am I ever going to feel good again? Is it ever going to be right again? That's when perseverance has to matter, that I still do what's right, even when it doesn't feel like it, even when I don't feel like it, even when maybe I don't even believe it. Because it, it, it does appear that God is always, sometimes almost always late. And this is when we can face the, maybe our greatest challenge in all this is to think that we have to step in and help God out, speed up the process. Maybe God wants me to... I should, you know what? Doesn't God help those who help themselves? Isn't that somewhere in second confusion? You know? <laughs> and you, you, we, we explain it, and we, we have a, a way of, of uh, justifying it to ourselves, and you can even wrap it in spiritual language, and, and you'll blow it. And you'll waste a difficult experience. Let's go, to, let's go to back to James chapter 5 for just a moment. So go turn back just a few pages. Chapter 5, verses 10 through 11. Brothers, sisters, as an example of patience in the face of suffering, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. As you know, we consider blessed those who have persevered. And you have heard of Job's perseverance and have seen what the Lord finally brought about. Remember this, the Lord is full of compassion and mercy. If, if we forget that God is actually compassionate, that he's actually for us, we, we, we think he doesn't care about what we need. He, he does know what we need. He does know. But I think at times we go through those challenges for him to remind us that we need him. Um, yeah, you know, I, I wonder, when I think of Job... <clears throat> My wife and I were really used to be impressed with that story where he shouts, you know, this declaration of who he was. Even if God was to slay me, I'll still serve him. And I think the question I was asking myself behind that question is that, not that am I that person, but am I 
Am I just one step away from a prostitute where I'm, I have to be bought? Does my love have to be bought? Is it, is it conditional? Is it contingent on him you know, being the genie in the sky and being my, being my Santa Claus? You know, does he have to be the guy that always delivers on time when I want, how I want, or I'm gone? And, and since God is a person who is full of compassion and mercy and does love us, he wants to give us something that's more valuable than what we think we actually need. The gift of wisdom, the gift of enlightenment, being the person that we wish to become, the, 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 the ideal measured against the standard of Jesus Christ, all the things that he built you for, wired you for. And in second, in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, to do good works that he's already prepared in advance for you to do. It is, um, you know, to see the consistency thing, most of you probably have it down. You, you know, you're, if you're a functioning adult at any level, you probably get that. It's the perseverance that for most of us trips us up. Because who wants to do the right thing when it seems silly and a waste of time? The one other thing I, I think is important to remember is that um, to, to gain wisdom, you know, the, the, that fiery pit, the ordeal of it, sometimes just has to be faced and lived through. But here's the two things I think you can walk away with in, in persevering. You do find out what you're made of. I mean, you may not like it. You may wish it wasn't true. But you absolutely find out who you really, really are. And a little self-awareness is such a valuable thing. But here's the second thing. In finding out who you are, uh, and usually those two categories, I'm not worthy, I'm not able, you then discover who God really is. You see... Uh, the knowledge of God and experiencing God is, is a powerful healing component. It's not just facts. It's not just, you know, acing your theology exams. It's not just know, being able to know and quote every single verse in the Bible or portions of it. That, that's, that's helpful. That's valuable. But, but the knowledge of God is meant to be healing and transformative. See, when, when, when I know when a person has experienced forgiveness or has experienced God's kindness, it's not just a, a mental ascent that they can wrap their minds around and explain it. They are healed. They are changed from what they once were and are becoming the person that God has meant them to be. All right. Perseverance, essential leak. Next Sunday, we talk about wisdom and what, why this is a valuable gift that God wants to give us. But for a moment right now, will you just bow your heads and join me in a moment of prayer? Father, I do thank you that you are good and you are kind. I thank you that you give, you are, you are eager to give us gifts that at times we don't even value. So what I pray is you help us to become men and women who love you, who are attracted by your beauty, who love the gift of wisdom. I pray that we become people who will hang in there and doing what's right, even when we don't feel like it or when it seems foolish or irrational. I know that you take us places that perhaps we would not have chosen. But when we get there, help us not insult your kindness and walk back and walk away from it. Help us to be people who are courageous, who will face the ordeal, face the fire, go through the process to gain the gift of wisdom. In your son's name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this production by Mosaic Whittier, a community of faith, hope, and love. For more information about Mosaic gatherings and events, please visit mosaic.org.